Uh, I wanted to tell you guys what's happening next week with our new series, because this is our seventh and final week. It's been a long series, but it's been good, and we've been taking a good look at who Jesus is. Starting next week, we are going to have a holiday survival guide, and uh, how to survive the holidays. It's going to be a lot of fun, and we're going to look into God's Word and what it says about relationships and conflict resolution, all kind of all kind of very important things as we go into Thanksgiving and Christmas, so make plans to be here. We're going to have a great time. Uh, I am, we, we've, during the last seven weeks, we've looked at the seven I am statements that Jesus made. He, he made these seven uh, metaphorical statements. I am the true vine. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I am the bread of life. I am the door of the sheep. I am the good shepherd. He, he's, he used all these terms to help us understand who he is. And the big goal of this whole series was to be able to see Jesus clearly and to believe on him fully. And a lot of times those are automatic responses from seeing Jesus for who he really is. And this week, we want to take a look at Jesus. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. And uh, it's a great story. We're going to learn about the story of Lazarus. If, you've never, if you're new to the Bible, this is the guy that Jesus raised from the dead. And so we're going to look at what happened while Lazarus, not really even about Lazarus, we'll talk about today. We're going to talk about the other people involved. And so I think you'll, you'll really get a lot out of this um, so go ahead and turn to John 11, and while you do, I have a question for you. Have you ever prayed and asked God for something, and you felt like God didn't even hear you? Have you ever, <laughs> have you ever done that? Uh, you know, I've heard it said it felt like the heavens were brass. You know, you pray, and it just bounces right off the ceiling and comes back. I've been there. I've had those days. And you're like, Stephen, you're a pastor. What are you talking about? Of course God hears your prayer. You know, like you're like a professional Christian, right? And uh, But it's not like that. It's not like we all go through those times where it's like, God, are you listening? God, are you even there? Have you ever felt like that? And uh, there's many prayers that I've prayed that God didn't answer. And let me tell you, I thank God for that now uh, because I was a little more, a uh, little, little younger, a little more immature, and, uh, but God knows me better than I know myself. He knows what I need, and, uh, and <laughs> so there's some things that I prayed for I didn't get, and I thank God for that, and uh, sometimes it just seems like God isn't even involved in what we're going through. Have you been there? If you haven't been there, you'll probably be there sooner or later. No matter how much you love the Lord, no matter how long you've been walking with him, eventually we get to a point in our life where it seems like God is distant, God is absent. It's it's like, man, things have almost grown cold. And sometimes it's super challenging. We think, man, it's, man does God even love me? Like, where am I at with all this? And, and that's the story that we want to look at today. You know, it's, as we'll see in the Bible today, people, they think things like, God, you don't see what I'm going through. And if you do see, then certainly you don't understand what I'm going through. And if you do see and if you do understand, then it has to be that you just don't care. Because you're not intervening the way that I think you should. You're, you're not showing up on my timetable. God, where are you? I've even talked to some people, and they've told me directly that they've given up on God because they prayed for a family member who was dying, and they died anyway. And he said, if God is so good, why does he let people die? I mean, as if people would live forever. I know, I know that's the wrong side of the argument, maybe, but, but they, they got very upset because of the love they had for their family member, and I mean, I could appreciate that. I haven't experienced that directly, but I could appreciate that pain there, that confusion, that loss, and some people have walked away from the faith altogether. I mean, tons of us have said, I've prayed, but God doesn't hear my prayer, and if there is a God, maybe he's left us all on our own. You watch the Discovery Channel long enough, and that's pretty much what they'll say. Maybe there is intelligent design. Maybe there's a creator. 
but if there is, he's left us on our own because of all the bad things that happen. I mean, have you ever felt like that before? I, th- I think that's a pretty common thing that we've all felt, or maybe we could all understand it, or we've have talked to a family member who has maybe gone through those things. But this is the one thing that I want us to zero in today, and I hope that this encourages you. And it's this, just because we don't understand everything doesn't mean God isn't up to something. Just because we don't understand everything does not mean that God isn't up to something. And a lot of times, whenever God looks like he's moving the least, he's working the most. And that should be encouraging to you today. The Bible says that God works on the left hand and on the right. And that's Old Testament Bible speak. The right hand was the hand of strength. It was the visible hand. The left hand was the hand of weakness, and it was never seen. And what they're saying is God works behind the scenes in ways that you don't understand. And God works in very pronounced ways that everyone sees and everyone says, wow, that's the Lord. But God works in ways that we don't understand What do they say? The Lord works in mysterious ways. So open up to John chapter 11, and we're going to start in verse 21. We're going to look at the story of Lazarus, and you're going to see two sisters, Martha and Mary, and you're going to see a crowd, and they've all, they're going to be expressing what we've probably felt before. So this, let me catch you up real quick before we dive into this text. Jesus had heard that Lazarus was sick. And so instead of going to Bethany where Lazarus was, Jesus decided to wait two more days. And he told his disciples, this sickness is not unto death. And they said, oh. And he said, oh. Well, hey. Then he says, hey, Lazarus is sleeping. They said, oh, that's good. If he's sleeping, then it'll get better. I said, no, he's, he's not sleeping, sleeping. He's dead. I just mean he's going to wake up in a little bit. I'm going to resurrect him. But, but he's actually dead. But don't worry. I'm on my way over there. And so Jesus had a plan. His disciples, Thomas, was like, well, let's go with him and die because they were looking for Jesus to kill him at this point. So Jesus walks to the next town, and he shows up at a funeral. And it's a funeral for his dear friend, for Lazarus, who's the brother of Martha and Mary. And Martha runs out to greet Jesus. And we'll catch up with what she says here in verse 21. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Look at the blame she puts on Jesus right up front. Lord, it's your fault. You could have prevented this. Where were you when we needed you? I think we've all felt like that at some point in our life. If we could look in the rearview mirror of all of our years, we can say a point, Lord, where, where, Lord, if you had been here, if you had intervened, that would not have happened. So this is Martha's first response to Jesus and Then they have a conversation that we'll catch up on here in just a little bit. But as soon as they're done with that conversation, Martha goes to run. She's outside the city. She runs inside the town, and she goes get Mary, her sister, and says, hey, Jesus is looking for you. So Mary runs out. And in verse 32, when Mary came out to where Jesus was and she saw him, she fell at his feet, and she said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Verbatim, the same thing. It's probably what they had been talking about in the house the whole time. Where is Jesus? We told him. We asked. We prayed. Where is Jesus? He's late. Lazarus has died. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. They blamed their brother Lazarus' death on Jesus' absence. And then if we keep on going, just five verses later, in John eleven thirty seven. We, we take a look at the crowd. It's not just Martha and Mary. Even the crowd said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man also have kept this man from dying? This is the conversation of the day. This has been the topic. And funerals then didn't last a day. They lasted weeks. 
This has been the topic, and this would have been ongoing had Jesus not showed up, I think. Lord, where are you? If you would have been here, Lazarus would still be alive. We would be having dinner, not a funeral, Lord, if you would have just shown up. God, if you would have been here, things would be different. Even the crowd questioned Jesus. Even they blamed him. Surely he's a powerful enough. Have you ever felt like that before? I know I have. You know, there's times in our life where we'll question God and we'll, we'll say, God, are you really good? God, are you really there? Wait, are you present? Are you attentive to what I'm going through? Like Mary and Martha will say, Lord, if you had been there, we'd not lost them. They'd still be here. They were too young. Lord, if you would have been here, I wouldn't have failed at this, at this relationship, at that business venture. Lord, if you would have been here, I wouldn't have quit. I would have had the strength to keep on going. Lord, if you would have been here, I wouldn't have been hurt so bad. And my life would be very different today. I think we could all say at some point, Lord, if, Lord, if. This is what Martha and Mary and the crowd, this is what they're feeling. This is what they're trying to process. Here is the Messiah. Here's the man that they've seen heal the sick and cast out demons with the word, surely for his friend. Surely he could make the day's journey. They told him days in advance. Surely he can show up. He won't be late. But let me tell you, we don't have to understand everything to know that God is up to something. God was moving and Jesus has a plan for Lazarus that they're not aware of. And this is why they feel the way that they feel. And what they feel is very real. In fact, we'll go on in the shortest scripture in all of the Bible is Jesus wept. This is when it happened. Jesus is standing at the foot of the tomb where the stone is in front of Lazarus's tomb there. And, and it's not like this cave cut into the rock and Lazarus is buried in there. And Jesus is weeping for his friend. He's weeping for Martha and Mary for the grief, the very real grief that they're experiencing. Because in this life, we have pain, we have loss, we suffer those things. It's very real. The Bible doesn't promise a life free from those things. The Bible does promise that God will never leave us nor forsake us. And that he will always be there. And listen, just because we don't understand everything does not mean that God isn't up to something. God has a plan in this situation, and God has a plan in your situation as well. And it may not look like this. Yours may not be a relative that's passed away. Maybe you'll pray for them, and maybe they won't come back to life. We've heard stories of missionaries who've prayed for people who have died, and, and they just pop up out of the coffin, and it's a miracle. And then whole towns get uh, converted to the gospel. It's amazing what God does. And those things still happen today, but what happens whenever we pray and we don't see those things? And then we begin to go on that downward spiral. It's very, very difficult. Like Martha and Mary, we go those places as well. But the good news is, is that this wasn't the end of Lazarus' story. This wasn't the end for Mary and Martha. It wasn't the end for the crowd that was witnessing this. It's amazing. God had such a beautiful plan in all of this. But they had to walk through that plan. They had to go through those things well, you know, whenever Martha first uh, walked up to Jesus in verse 21, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother wouldn't have died. But we pick up in verse 22. This is the rest of their conversation. She says, but even now, 
I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. See, she held on to the hope that she had in Jesus. She knew that done was not done. She knew that the impossible was possible with God. She knew that if she came to Jesus, that he could do something on her behalf, that he could, could do something that no one else could do. And this is so important for us because just like Martha, we cannot allow disappointment to derail our faith. And that's what disappointment will do. The Bible says hope deferred makes the heart sick. You know, one of the secrets to happiness is to manage your expectations. I am the eternal optimist, so I am terrible at this, all right? And uh, I'm the guy that's like, no, everything that we plan will work out. Uh, never say die, never say quit. You know, that's, that's just in my blood. But a lot of times there's a lot of gaps and expectation there. And so I, my wife helps me so much. She says, no, let's, let's have good expectations. What's, what's best case? What's worst case? Let's go from there. That's so important. And here, standing before the Lord, Martha says, you're here now. Things can change because you, you weren't here then when I thought I needed you. But Lord, you're here now. And some things can change now. In verse 23, Jesus says to her, your brother will rise again. Now, Jesus is saying this like, like, go get the chicken, like your brother's about to rise again. But you see, Martha didn't understand that. And it's so true that we don't have to, but listen, we don't have to understand everything to believe that God is up to something. Look what Jesus, look what uh, Jesus says, your brother will rise again in verse 24. Martha says, Lord, I know that he'll rise again in the resurrection on the last day. She was way into the future. Lord, I know he'll rise again. I know. I have faith in what you've said in your word. I know that one day you will judge the living and the dead. I know this. But see, she didn't understand that Jesus was being very, very literal. And Jesus was telling her, Martha, I'm not just what you needed in the past to prevent pain. I'm not just what you need in the future to make all things new, although I am those things. I am here right now in the present to change some things to move in your life and on your behalf. I'm here and I can do the impossible. Jesus says, your brother will rise again. She says, I know he'll rise in the resurrection on the last day and in the next verse, Jesus looks at her and he says, I am the resurrection. You're looking to a time and to a day, not a person. Jesus says, I know he will rise in the resurrection and you are right, I am the resurrection and I am here right now. And now things can change in our life. Now things were about to change in Martha and Mary's life and Lazarus's life. In the, in the eyes of the crowd, their things were about to change because Jesus had showed up. And let me tell you something. Because Jesus is here today, because his presence is here today in this church, things can change for your life. They can absolutely change. And some of us, we've walked through years of disappointment. We've walked through tragedy. We've walked through what we took as silence. But God was just saying, it's not time yet. Listen, I know you don't understand everything, but you gotta know that I'm still up to something. I'm working on your behalf. And some of us, we don't even know it yet, but we're at the tail end of that silence. We're at the tail end. We're almost to where the answer will be. Jesus is on his way. I love what the apostle Paul said. He says, don't grow weary while doing good. For in due season, you will reap if you do not faint. Why would he tell us that? Because we're all tempted to faint, aren't we? We're all tempted 
to say, Lord, I'm tired. I'm just going to lay down right here on the floor and go to sleep. We've all been there. We, Lord, I've tried. Lord, I know you spoke to me about this business, but it's not working the way. I've gone and gotten training. I've done all these things. Lord, where are you at? Where's your blessing? Don't grow weary in well-doing because in due season, you will reap if you don't faint. So we have to keep our eyes on Jesus, just like Martha is doing here in this moment. Lord, I know you weren't here, but you are here now. And I know that things can change. And Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. What a beautiful promise for you and I today. See, it seems that Martha had given up. She was simply waiting for heaven. And I've met so many believers that live in this place. Well, I'm just going to wait for glory. I'm just going to wait till the Lord calls me home. And they don't realize that God has an assignment for them today in the here and now. God, Listen, if, if heaven and heaven is the goal, don't get me wrong, but if it was the only immediate goal, whenever we would give our hearts to Christ, we'd just go. I mean, if that was the next step for all of us, we'd just hold you under whenever we baptize you. You know what I'm saying? We'd get this thing done, and uh, we'd have the smallest church in America. And, uh, you know, it's, but, but God has an assignment for us. God wants to show us his glory in our lives. God wants to show up and save the day. He wants to, and he will. All we have to do is keep our eyes on Jesus. Keep that hope and that faith in our heart to trust in the Lord. Lord, I know the pain is real. Lord, if you'd have been here, things would be different, but you're here now, and things can be different right now. And it's beautiful. Not only do we have hope for the past, not only do we have hope for the future, but God has given us hope in the present. And that's why we're so passionate about you discovering how God wired you. That's why we're so passionate about our dream team. That's why we're so passionate about what we do on Sunday mornings. Because God has something for you to do. And let me tell you, the greatest place of fulfillment you will ever get is to do what God wired you to do. It's to finally discover that purpose. And to let God use your life to make an impact in those around you. It's a beautiful thing. So God is, God is on the scene in the person of Jesus Christ. And, and, and everyone's saying, God, you can't do anything because he's dead. Lord, you can't do it. That dream's dead. That business is dead. That relationship is dead. But let me tell you, whenever God's on the scene, nothing is impossible. Verse 26, Jesus looks at Martha. And he says, everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? This is Jesus' challenge to us all this morning. He looks at you and I today. As we've looked over the last seven weeks of all the I am's of Christ. He's the, the good shepherd, the door of the sheep, the bread of life, the true vine, the way, the truth, and the life. As we look at who he is, as we see him clearly, as we believe on him fully, he looks at us, he says, hey, now you're starting to see more clearly who I am. Do you believe? Do you believe this? This is so important for us today because how we answer that question will filter how we answer all questions. Questions like, will I make it? Can I do this? Is all of this worth it? Am I good enough to do this? Do I matter? What you believe about Jesus will inform how you answer all of these questions. Am I loved? God, where are you? God, can you hear me? God, can you see me? If you can, do you even care? Can I really be saved? 
Lord, will you keep your word? I'm standing on your promise. Will you keep your word? Can I trust you? Jesus is looking at you and I today. And this is for me and this is for you today. Do you believe this? Do we believe that Jesus is who he said he is? And like Martha, he says, we're not talking about your past, I'm there. We're not talking about your future, I'm there. I'm talking about right here, right now. I'm about to do something in your life. I have a plan for you today. Do you believe this? And I love Martha's response. Verse 27, she said to him, yes, Lord. Not just yes, but she talked about who he was. He says, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the son of God who is coming into the world. Martha was able to say, yes, Lord, I believe because she knew who he was. And who is this king? Who is this Jesus? Who is the word made flesh who came to dwell among us? Who is this man who is the son of God? Who is this? Hebrews uh, 4.14 helps us to paint a picture of who Jesus is. Calls him our great high priest. Says, since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. Jesus, the son of God, let us hold fast our confession. Verse 15. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. Look at this. Jesus Christ can sympathize with our weaknesses. This is huge. Have you ever had a boss or, or followed a leader or somebody, a CEO, and they did not understand what you were going through? They were asking you to do something that they had never done themselves. Man, that's just so frustrating, isn't it? They're, they've asked you to do something difficult without asking you what's the best way to do it. Maybe they've told you just to do it the hardest way possible. And it's so frustrating, but it's so good. It's such good news that God doesn't ask us to do that. We have a high priest. Our Lord can sympathize with our weakness because he was tempted just like we are, yet without sin. He's gone through what you've gone through. Oh, man, no way. He didn't go through what I went through. He went through worse. It's everyone's having a bad day till somebody gets nailed on the cross. You know what I'm saying? That's a bad day. He's gone through more than what we've ever been through. And he did it in our place and for our sin. And because Jesus endured the cross, because he took the 39 lashes, because he took the crown of thorns, because he took the beating, because he carried that cross 1,100 steps, up to Golgotha, nine-inch nails in his hands and his feet. Because he did that, he can sympathize with our weakness because he was tempted just like we are. In fact, Mary and Martha and even the crowd, see, their thing was, Lord, where were you? Lord, have you abandoned us? How could you forsake us? How could you leave us on our own? Lord, if you'd have been here, our brother would not have died. Jesus felt that same way. Whenever he's hanging on the cross, it was about the ninth hour and Jesus cries out with a loud voice. He says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He knows what it feels like. If ever you've prayed that prayer, Lord, where are you? Lord, do you see what this, Lord, did you hear what they said? Do you see what they did? They're taking me back to court. Lord, why don't you do something? Why don't you move? Jesus has been on that receiving end as well. 
And because Jesus paid the price for you and I, because he went before us, now we have a high priest who doesn't just watch from a distance. He can sympathize with us. And he's not just distant in the future. One day, Lord, I know in the resurrection, everything will be all right whenever you make all things new. No, Jesus is saying to you and I today, just like he said to Martha, I am what you need right now. Right here, right now. What you need in your relationships, what you need in your company, what you need in your families, raising your kids with your spouses as you're dating and as you're going through all of these things, as you're moving and, and as your company's moving you, as the military's moving you, all of these things. You say, Lord, where are you? No, he is what you need right now. And my friend, he is here to take care of whatever it is that we're going through. Glory be to God. Just because we don't understand everything doesn't mean that God isn't up to something. He is moving on your behalf and we can trust that today. We can trust that we can let our hope rest in Christ. For those who's lost loved ones, listen, Jesus is the answer. For those who have failed, who have sinned, who've ran away from it all, Jesus is the answer. You know, my wife and I, for the first 11 years of our marriage, we really wanted children and we asked the Lord for children. And we prayed and we sought medical help we did everything took every bit of advice everyone gave us and it seemed like God was not answering that prayer I know very well what that feels like many sleepless nights whenever the desire of your heart is not being fulfilled then it's a good desire it's a God-given desire and yet it seems like God is withholding what that doesn't even make sense you see but I didn't understand what God had for us on the other end of our pain. I didn't understand that God would, 11 years later, provide two beautiful little girls who needed a safe place to be. I didn't understand in the beginning that God was gonna use us in this amazing capacity. Had I known, I would've said, Lord, I'm here, I'm waiting, whatever you gotta do, you do it. But for whatever reason, and I don't understand it, God stays silent sometimes. Just like Jesus hanging on the cross, Lord, where are you? Why have you forsaken me? You know, a lot of us, we're going through things that we don't understand, and it makes us struggle with our faith. That's the real deal. That's where we live. I want you to know today, standing on the other side of pain, that God is faithful, and that if he said it, he will do it, and you can take him at his word, and that Jesus is standing here today, and he's saying, I know what you've been through. And I know that you have hope for the future. But I need you to lift your eyes to this moment. Because I am here and I have a plan for you. Stand to your feet. I want to pray for you this morning. Because many of us are going through things that we can't see the other side. I want you to leave this place encouraged today. We spent seven weeks staring at Jesus. And it's going to leave a lasting mark on you. I know it will. Because whenever we see him for who he is belief comes easy. We want to see him clearly, believe on him fully. If you're in here today and you say, Stephen, I've been struggling, I've been praying, and it doesn't seem like I have an answer. Where is God? I want you to know that he hears your prayer and that he is working. Even if you don't understand everything, he's up to something. I want to pray for you today for endurance, for strength to keep on going. So if that's you today, every head bow, every eye closed. If that's you, just lift your hands to the Lord as I pray for you today. 
because I know that God hears your prayer. We've got hands all over the place this morning. Lord Jesus, we thank you today that you are what we need. Lord, you see what we've gone through in the past. You see what our future holds, but Lord, you've not left us alone. Lord, you said, you said that you would never leave us, that you would never forsake us. And so, Lord, today we fix our eyes on you. You are the author and finisher of our faith. Today we set our hope on you, Lord. You are the light of the world. You are the good shepherd. You are the door of the sheep, the true vine, the way, the truth, and the life, the bread of life. And, Lord, you stand today as the resurrection and the life. You are present now to move on our behalf. And so, Lord, I pray for all of those here today, God, those that are struggling, those that are tired, those that have been waiting and praying and looking for you to move. God, I pray that you would move on their behalf even today. God, give them a glimpse of what you're doing. God, show them some of what you've been working on. God, encourage their faith today. God, I pray for them. And Lord, those that have, Lord, that are tired, that are weary, God, I pray for endurance today. God, that they would be able to stand Lord, that they be able to stand in faith knowing that if God be for them, who can be against them? That if Jesus, is, Jesus is on their side, if he's praying for them, what in the world can stop them? Because, Lord, we know that with you all things are possible for those who believe. And so, God, we thank you for answers. God, we thank you for breakthrough. God, we thank you for you moving in our lives. God, we look to you for all things. Jesus, good name. And everyone said, amen.